in a hundred years from now, I want you to picture it. Picture where you will be. Most likely, we'll all be dead or we'll be in heaven. That's, that's the goal. But we don't know when the Lord's going to return. Could be today, could be tomorrow. It could be years from now. But hundred years from now, uh, the, all the houses that we've had, we've owned, we built, gone. Cars, gone. They're scrap metal in a hundred years from now. Uh, we'll be lucky to be a memory amongst our family members. I mean, think about it. How many of us really actually know our great grandfather? Not too many, right? So why do we worry and why do we concern ourselves and why do we involve ourselves so much in the temporal things of this world? But there's one that will know exactly everything that we do, everything that we say. And that one is Jesus and he will remember. And what I do for his kingdom, for his glory, will last eternity. Stay with us tonight as we continue the series on the names of God. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. On behalf of our senior pastor, the Reverend Paul G. Kingans, and all of us here at the Master's House, we welcome you. So glad you're tuning in to continue this series on the, the names of God. We're, we're going down the list of the compound names of Jehovah. We've gone through what? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, uh, Jehovah Rapha. And today we're talking about Je Jehovah Kana. So I'd like to welcome Brother Hal. Our special guest host, always here with us to share with us his great uh, insights on this study. And so before we get uh, too much further along, let's go before the Lord in prayer, asking God to have his will and his way and his name be lifted up. And if you have a prayer request, please email those at prayer at mastershouse.org or click the link below. And we'll certainly uh, call upon the name of the Lord on your behalf, on upon your need that God would come in and minister and lift up and encourage you and touch our faith. So, Brother Hal, if you would, would you, would you take us now before the Lord in prayer? Loving Jesus, we thank you so very much for the privilege and the pleasure to delve into your word and to explore the majesty of your wonderful things that you have for us. The good things, the great things, the benefits of serving you are so magnanimous and great. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us so much that you want us to enjoy the great things, not the things of spiritual poverty, but of spiritual wealth that you want to share with us because you said, I would, that you have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you for that, O oh Lord. Bless everyone that is listening tonight. May their heart be enriched and encouraged. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 To have life and have it more abundantly, isn't that exactly what the Lord 
wants for us. He really does. Yeah. And that's, that's really, I mean, it's a good, it's a good segue into what we're really talking about because the Lord <clears throat> is a Jehovah Kana and that's how, um, he views us very special. That's how special we are to him. So, but before we get too deep in there, I'm already, you know, on page three right there with that comment. But let's, let's talk a little bit about what this um, Jehovah Kana means and where it kind of came from. So starting in Exodus 34, 14, let's read it right here. It says, For thou shalt worship no other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous. He is, uh, is a jealous God. So the Hebrew name translated Jealous God is El Kanah. And a little bit of backstory of Exodus 13, uh, 34, 14 right here is that Moses went up on the mount, talking to the Lord 40 days. He got the Ten Commandments. He comes down from the mount with these Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And in his frustration and his anger, and what's he see? He sees a golden calf that you know came up out of the fire right? Uh, we won't get too far into it, but came up out of the fire. And so he threw those t tablets at that golden calf that the Israelites made to worship because they were trying to worship other gods because they were scared. They were, didn't know what happened to Moses. They needed a God to look at, at the end of the day, really, right? Apparently so. so yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he threw the tablets, broke the tablets, broke the golden calf. Um, and so naturally we need to remake these <clears throat> tablets. And so Moses uh, uh, remakes these tablets, uh, goes back up to the mountain uh, to get the, to get the uh, writing on these tablets. And then Moses asks the Lord, said, Lord, hey, we messed up. We, uh, day one, and we messed up, really. Okay, let's renew our covenant. Renew our covenant. And that's when the Lord speaks these words that I just read there in verse 14. For thou shalt worship no other god for I am a jealous God. That's, that's basically what he was saying. And so talking a little bit about this jealous, about God's zeal and God's demand for loyalty amongst his people. What do you think, Brother? You know, often I suppose that most people, when they hear the word jealous, they think of something really negative. You know, it's a, a jealous person and, and that's supposed to be bad. And it is. But the kind of jealousy that we're talking about tonight is a passionate, energetic, enthusiastic, passionate love for us that God has. We're, that's what we're going to be talking about yeah. uh, tonight, yeah. really. And, you know, there, there isn't anybody that I've ever met that doesn't like to be wanted. And... No one likes to be rejected. Well, God feels that too. Sure. God does yeah. not want to be rejected. And he wants that exclusive one-on-one -on -one relationship. You know, that is so amazing when you think about that, that God wants. I, I, I think of, wow, here I am, uh, uh, just a minute human being as a grain of sand on a vast beach and yet God wants to put his finger on me wants to put his finger on you and he wants to anoint us and bless us he wants to have a relationship with us yep. and he wants us to get excited uh, and mm -hmm. uh, embrace him 
and pursue him and defend the name of the Lord Jesus. Continuing on there in Exodus, the 34th chapter, but going back to the 12th verse, mm-hmm. it reads, Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. You know, I think a long time ago when I first read that phrase, cut down the groves, I says, they must have had a lot of trees, you know, <laughs> or, or around, around yep, sure. uh, you know, yeah. all, of, all of these uh, uh, idols to gods. But digging a little deeper in research, I discovered that these are talking about something called Asherahs. In other words, they're a pole, a wooden pole that's stuck in the ground. Well, you, you might liken it to a, a totem pole or something, but it's an a, a image uh, of this God that people are trying to worship. And the Lord here is telling them, go cut those things down. Right. They had them sticking out of the ground all over the place. In Deut- Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter and the ninth verse, thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. In other words, I love you. Don't be running the other direction. I, I, I want to care for you. I want to bless you. And he said he'd be visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. You know, someone uh, asked me uh, recently, how do you have a successful marriage? And you know, I didn't know it how to tell them anything, but what what Jeanette and I have enjoyed in our marriage, I just tell them the truth. And so I says, well, the first thing you do is you have to pray about it and you have to pray together about it. And this person immediately looked away and says, you know, I never have really been into religion. And uh, I says, wait a minute. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God. And that's what he desires. He desires a relationship with us. Yeah, you know, I love that you brought up that example of a marriage. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But because it is, it's such a good example. The Lord loves us so much, very similar to, to like a bride. That he's the, he's the bridegroom, and he loves that bride. He wants only that bride, and he wants that bride all to himself. He does. He really, yeah. really does. So uh, let's, let's continue to read a little bit more uh, about this jealous God that we're talking about here in the Old Testament, right? Because then we're going to get to the New Testament here in a minute, how Jesus fulfills this Je- Jehovah Kanah. So uh, Joshua 24, 19, And Joshua said unto the, unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord um, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. Uh, he will not forgive your uh, transgressions nor your sins. Uh, Nahum 1 verse, uh, verse 2. 
God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and he is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. And we, and we can really kind of keep going on and on. There's lots of other scriptures that talk about the, the jealousy. Remember, and we're talking about a holy jealousy, a, a, a something that he holds very dear to his heart. Oh, yes. Not, not again, not like you said, Brother Hal, not an evil jealousy like, like we have sometimes. But that's what the Lord is. And there's many other scriptures here in the Old Testament that we'll talk about. And there's some here about, about how his name is is special and how you how we're to hold his name special as well he he is very concerned throughout the entire word of god about his name he, he wants people to know his name mm-hmm. and he has unfolded what his name is about and the power of his name from the very beginning and i think we're still learning great things about the power of the name of the Lord. As we read in Isaiah, the 42nd chapter in the 8th verse, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. In Ezekiel, the 39th chapter in the 25th verse, it reads, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. He's ready to embrace them. They had made mistakes. They had went the other direction. But but the Lord just longs to embrace us, to gather us in and allow us to experience wonderful things. You You know, when we are baptized in the name of Jesus. We take on the name of Jesus. Uh, there's salvation in no other name. Right. And Isaiah, I love the way he said it. He says, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. This is a multi-dimensional name the Lord has, and he values it. And we are no longer our own. Because we're bought with a price, paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, because he loves us so much. Right, right. And, and we are to love him. He wants us to love him that way. Put nothing else above him. Cast down all the, all the altars, all the false gods, all the graven images, all the groves. Cast them all down. Destroy them all. I want you, you Israelites, just for me. And, and you and, and I just for you. And as you know, if you know, if you read the Old Testament, they faltered, they failed, they turned away, uh, they committed spiritual adultery. They went after another God. They put yes, another they God. And God said, "Hey, I'm a jealous God. I want you all to myself. You can't worship another thing, and worship me at the same time. No, no, it's only me because, well, obviously, He is the one true God. He is God Amen. Almighty. He is the I Am. We've talked about that many times in in previous studies." Uh, continuing on here in Zechariah 1.14, it says, So the angel that com- uh, communed with me said unto me, Cry cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. That's how much the Lord just clings and wants his people to cling to him. 
That's how much, I mean, that scripture right there, I think really kind of says it clearly. You know, God doesn't give up on us. Mm -hmm. I, I'm so glad that God doesn't give up on us. If, if, if he gave up on uh, all the mm -hmm. mistakes I've made in my life, and maybe some of the folks that are, our listeners can think of mistakes they've made, but God doesn't give up on us. Yeah. He's ready to bring us back into the fold. When we go here to 2 Corinthians, we find the Apostle Paul speaking like a pastor. He, in the 11th chapter, in the second verse, he says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. This was his whole goal. This was his ministry to bring the, the flock that as into this relationship. This is what being a pastor is all about. Uh, mm -hmm. He reaches out and draws in uh, and, and because he wants us to experience this wonderful relationship, this intimate relationship with Jesus that is holy and acceptable to him. Yeah, and you... Yeah, I mean, you, you just jumped right into there, uh, brother. How, I mean, here we were talking about Jehovah Kanah here in the Old Testament. God has revealed himself to that. But then all of a sudden, Paul, as you said, just says, hey, I'm to the Corinthians. I'm espousing you to one husband. Yeah. And guess who that one? That is Jesus. Yes. So now Jesus has become that jealous God that Jesus wants us all to himself. Yes. And, and we are to give ourselves all to him. And when you really think about that, when we jump right over here from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from Jehovah Kana that just wanted no other God before him. He wants us all to himself, right? And he was emphatically clear about that. We've only read, you know, half a dozen scriptures, but there were a lot more that, hey, I want you all to myself. You're to worship no other thing. But then we jump over here to the New Testament, right? And now Jesus is saying, and, which we'll get into in a second here, but Paul just said, I espouse you to just a one. And so Jesus is that fulfillment of the Old Testament Jehovah Kana. He, he is, he yes, is. amen. He became that one that says, no, I want you all to myself. You are my bride. The, the body of Christ is his bride, just him. And I think that is an interesting thought. And that is an interesting, uh, if we get into a little bit of a doctrine here about the oneness of God. If God in the Old Testament says that you can put nothing else above me, but then you had Jesus showing up saying, no, no, I'm the only one. Guess what? The only way that makes sense is if they are both the same. They and are. That's exactly what, what they are. And so you as we touched on here in that, in that 2 Corinthians passage, we talk, it's, it's kind of alluding to marriage, right? I espoused you to one husband. And so that is a great example, as I mentioned earlier, this relationship between a man and a wife, a or a husband and a wife. It's that same relationship with the body of Christ is to be married to that marriage, that supper of the lamb and that marriage supper of the lamb and that being Jesus. So we read here in John 1 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. So John the Baptist is acknowledging that he is the lamb of God. But, and then if you skip all the way over to Revelations 19, it says, And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and the voice of many thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God 
omnipotent reigneth, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come. We are to be married. We are to be married to the Lord has come and his wife being the bride of Christ has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean uh, and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb. And he saith unto me, these sayings are true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see that thou, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren and that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Basically, we are, Jesus is that fulfillment. We are to be married to him and to him. And so he is that fulfillment of Jehovah Kanah back there in the Old Testament. Yes, and he knows how to care about us. He knows how to love us. He knows how to look out for us. And he wants to do this. And, and in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning at 25th verse, husbands, love your wives, and here's a key phrase, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Notice there in the earlier part of that scripture passage that it was the Lord doing the pursuing. It's the Lord making a way where there seems certainly no way without what he did mm -hmm. for us. And because he knew, he knew what he could do if we would just let him do it. He's the only one that can make us clean. He, he's the only one that can sanctify us. In other words, set apart from the worldly carnal things of the earth and make us without blemish. Whoa. Well, think how dynamic that really is. Only the Lord can do that. We simply cannot do this. You know, I have often been a bit puzzled uh, by the phrase, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because we are not the one doing the accepting. <laughs> uh, the, uh, we... we we aren't. Uh, Jesus is. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost to be purified, to be sanctified, to be made without spot or wrinkle so that we can be acceptable to him. Yeah. Yeah. And because we are supposed to be, that's the whole goal is just for him. And he wants to make us ready. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to prepare us, this, this chaste virgin, virgin. So we continue on right here, uh, how Jesus, uh, this next verse here, and Brother Howe, I think you've already alluded to it, how he, he bought us. He, he wants us just for him because why? He's a jealous God. He and is. he wants us just for him. So 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify the God in your body and in your spirit, which are... God's. 
Again, he wants us all to himself. Now, he doesn't force it, right? He doesn't force himself upon anybody, but he is that sort of, he is jealous over all of his people that he wants them. He, want, he would not that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance, that all Amen. would be washed, Praise the that Lord. all would uh, have all those blemishes taken away. And he would happily do that if we will seek him and, may, and come after him the way that he's come after us. Amen. You know, we often see people uh, all around us. No doubt we uh, pass by them every day or run into them at work or whatever that seem to think that they can do anything they wish uh, anytime they want to want to do it or whenever uh, they, they, they want. And, uh, and the interesting thing is this wonderful relationship, this open door to the Lord, they're walking right past this precious relationship that they could be having with the Lord. Uh, my attention is drawn to a story there in Luke that we, we all know about, and we title it uh, The Rich Young Ruler. In Luke 18, and the, starting with the 18th verse, uh, because here's a man who walked by an open door that Jesus gave to him to walk through. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these things I've kept from my youth on up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Here is an amazing and an amazing open door that Jesus just swung wide open. But guess what? Here comes covetousness again, mm -hmm. rearing its ugly head, because Jesus could, could see the inside of people. It, it, it didn't have to look just on the outside. He knew what their heart was all about. And this young man, possessions were his idol. Yeah. It's a sad story. Oh, you say, oh, that's just religion. Give me stuff and I'll be happy, says the carnal world. Yeah. Yeah. Possessions, like I said, possessions were his idol. And God is a jealous God. He and is. we're not supposed to have anything above him. And what's, again, another point, another um point right here I'll bring out is Jesus is saying follow him and put nothing you leave all and follow me right so apparently Jesus is saying I'm number one I should be number one and obviously I want to make God number one in my life so again he is that fulfillment of Jehovah Kana in the old in the old testament because he right here he's telling that rich young ruler leave it all and follow after me 
And, and again, that's fulfilling that first and greatest commandment there in Matthew 22. Verse 37, Jesus said unto, uh, uh, unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus is that fulfillment of the jealous God. And so as we wrap up here, I, we've been talking about idols. We've been talking about putting things above God because he's a jealous God. And he wants our worship all for himself. He doesn't want us to call upon any other name but his name. And that name being Jesus, the only name given under heaven where we might be saved. That's the only name. He is jealous over that. And he wants all of that. But again, we, we, sometimes we talk about these idols, right? And we're like, I'm not worshiping any idols. You know, even though you just give us a good, great example of this rich young ruler had possessions, which were his idols. And, and it's a good way, uh, Brother How you shared this article with me about a good way to, to describe what an idol is, you know? And so one of those, an idol is anything we want, keyword being want, more than God. Think about that for a second. Let that mull over. Is there something in your life? Apparently, this rich young ruler wanted these possessions more than he wanted to follow after God. But again, God is a jealous God, and we are to be wholly devoted to him with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our soul. So anything we want more than God. Another thing, anything we, we rely on more than God. Let's use back to the rich young ruler. Did he rely on his money and his possessions to carry him through. He's like, oh, if I get rid of that, maybe I'll be homeless. Maybe I won't be able to feed my family. I won't be able to do all these things. Ah, I can't do that. God is our ultimate provider. We just talked about how Jesus is Jehovah Jireh. Another example of, of an idol that we can mull over is it anything we look to for greater fulfillment than God? Yes. Right? Think about that. Think about the, the pride of life, the, the, the glory that could be given in this world. And we, we want that more and we seek that more than we do God. And that is an idol then. It, it's things that seem like, well, they're, they're perfectly okay. Right. You know, we can even put our children. We can put our, our spouse. We can do a lot of things that just seem, oh, we're just loving them. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Yeah. But what if we put them before God? That's exactly right. When, when me and uh, Jenny, we first got together, that was an important conversation we had. Hey, sweetheart, I love you to death. You know, you're the best thing ever. Oh, my goodness, the Lord has brought you to me. But it's a mutual agreement. The Lord is number one. Yes. And then my spouse is number two. And that's the way it is. And in doing that, the Lord blesses our marriage. The Lord blesses my relationship with my children. The Lord yes, blesses he me does. with possessions. Well, that's the way it works. That's the way the blessings works. come down. Yeah, that's the way it works. And, and again, God is a jealous God. and we, He wants us all to himself. So I'm supposed to love him wholly, completely, thoroughly. And I'll leave you with this last verse here in Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh overcometh all these idols the same shall be clothed in white raiment and i will not blot out his name out of the book of life but i will confess his name before my father and before his angels that is that promise if i can just let go of all those carnal things let go of those worldly things they won't fulfill me as i said in the very beginning they're all going to pass away 
but what's going to be remembered, what's going to be valued is my relationship with Jesus. Praise and the he, Lord. And he remembers that. He is going to hang on to all those prayers and all those, everything I did in his name and for his glory. So we hope today something has been said has been a blessing to you. You've learned a little bit about this jealous God and, and really it's how much he really just loves us. He just so loves us immensely. And, but yeah, we hope that something that's been said has been a blessing to you. It's been an encouragement. And if you have those prayer requests, please email us at prayermastershouse.org or click the link below in the description. And we'll lift up your uh, knees before the Lord, asking the Lord to come in and minister and heal and set free. Let, let him fill you with his love and that comfort that is there through his spirit. So brother Hal, thank you so much for everything you had to share. And if you would now, would you dismiss us now with a word of prayer? We praise you tonight, loving Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, that you have sought us and reached out to us, O oh God, before we even reached out to you. You found us wherever we were, O oh Lord Jesus, and you touched us and you draw us near. And you're ready to bless us and can, you're ready to go before us and lead the pathway to greater things in you. Because we know, Lord Jesus, when we serve you, it is the ultimate thing that we could possibly do on the face of the earth. And we know everything else will fall in place if we put you first. Help us tonight, oh Lord, to focus upon your great love for us because it is amazing. And we praise you and thank you for it. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.